5: It's a numbers game with your host, Gil Alexander.
3: So i those idiots who believe in analytics. Our number two of a numbers game at Visa, the sports betting network. Visa.com, the Visa app, and any way you're taking us in this morning, we appreciate it. It's Gil Alexander. Um, Got the winner already this morning on uh, Tiafo plus two and a half sets. Maybe should have gone with uh, a little more boldly with him. 3-3 uh, three to three in the second set after Tiafoe took the first set in that one. Djokovic, by the way, just a rolled Draper after dropping the first set. 4-6, 6-1, 6-2, 6-2. So he's on his way, which if he wins Wimbledon, will be his 20th Grand Slam singles title, which would match him all time with Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal. And then he would have a shot at not only topping them at the U.S. Open, but also winning the Calendar Grand Slam, which hasn't been done since 1969. And Rod Leiva from Australia. Ladies and gentlemen, he's the greatest radio host who's ever lived. Uh, host of the classic ESPN show, All Night with Todd Wright. Now, of course, has the Todd Wright Toddcast. And by request from people on Twitter who are like, oh, you got to have Todd, uh, Todd Wright back on because he, he gave the Canadians no shot or gave no team from Canada a shot, ladies and gentlemen, it's Dallas Cowboys fan Todd Wright. How you doing, Todd? Your passion for tennis on this show during a major, thank you,
6: is about as strong as my passion in about eight weeks for people who still are using mandatory tight ends starting in their fantasy <laughs> football league. Is that is that a fair <laughs>
3: analogy? That is a great analogy because you are passionate. You are. There is nothing in the world you are more passionate about than that.
6: That's that's right up there. Yeah, yeah. Top three in life. Not just sports, not just you and me talking in life. Great to be with you, Gil.
3: Great to be with you too. Can we just throw that out there in late June? Let's just say that right now. If if you're if you're starting or if there or if there's a well, I'll let you articulate it, but it's basically you should not have a dedicated slot for a tight end in fantasy. Is that it?
6: That's pretty much it. We'll we'll get into that in a couple of months. Yeah. I know you have other things to do, but yeah, it is <laughs> okay. so outdated. And Kyle Pitts entering the league basically as a monster-wide receiver with a fourth pick by the Atlanta Falcons just adds to
3: it, just adds to the whole argument. I love it. Cannot wait for football. Cannot wait to talk fantasy with you as well. All right, Todd. So uh, by request, uh, you're here to discuss, uh, obviously, it's the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Montreal Canadiens. Game one of the Stanley Cup Finals is tonight with uh, Tampa Bay a prohibitive favorite in game one, about minus 200, also an even more prohibitive favorite in uh, in the series, minus 270-ish now. What do you have to say to those who have asked for you and said, how can this man have been so cruel about the Canadians and all Canadian teams? What say you, sir?
6: What, what have they won yet? It's still been twenty nine years since they won a cup. By the way, credit to Andy McNeil. I hope I know he's doing construction in his house, so I hope the uh Tim Hortons kiosk will be opening <laughs> soon and will go better than the Resorts World Food Court, according to Gil Alexander. That Apparently that experience wasn't good. Um what Andy said was was so accurate, and I even read on VCN.com what he wrote. And there are parallels there. You and you often talk about, Gil, within a playoff series, how a winner of a series can be overvalued against the next opponent where for some reason you hold the next opponent liable for what the previous opponent didn't do. Yes. And Andy laid out Vegas's loss to Dallas last year and how you cannot compare Vegas to Tampa Bay. And here we are in the same situation one year later. I'll still just lay it out like this. If the Canadians win the Stanley Cup in seven games, they finish the combined regular and postseason with a 500 record. I'll just lay that out. Just lay that out. I watched every game of the Canadians Vegas series, and I blame Vegas much as anyone within 30, 30 miles of your current seat at the VEASAN desk does on the Golden Knights Uh, on DeBoer, on the flurry, giving away game three. The Canadians have taken advantage of so many things that have gone their way. The Tavares injury in the first round, uh, the Shifley suspension in the second round, flurry giving away game three, and then what DeBoer did after that, the lack of confidence that, that Vegas had, which was very reminiscent of their inability to have any confidence shooting the puck or scoring or creating chances. I think the biggest thing, one of the things I'll be looking at tonight is the the minute the lightning get on the power play, it's going to happen, whether it happens once, twice, three times, somewhere in there. It's just, it should look drastically different. Um, Watching the Vegas Golden Knights power play um, in this postseason, and especially against the Montreal Canadiens, was like watching an 80s horror movie where the girl to escape goes up the stairs. It's just like, (laughs) what are you doing here? It's that painful. You watch it between your your hands. So if the Canadians are to have a chance to compete in these Stanley Cup finals, their penalty kill needs to be nearly as good. It can't be the same because lightning power play is so much superior than the Vegas power play. But if the Canadians can have some success on the kill, that's their strength. That's their biggest strength coming in to the Stanley Cup final is that penalty kill. It is red, red hot. So if they can do that two minutes at a time, whether it's one time tonight, two times tonight, three times tonight, or into game two and on into the series, then we may have competitive games. To me, I think that's the biggest factor in whether or not we see competitive games and a competitive series.
3: Skill Alexander, it's Todd Wright. It's a numbers game at visa and the Esports Betting Network, Visa.com, the Visa app. So you would bet the Lightning every which way that Andy did as well?
6: Well, I told you, I told you before game six of the Islanders series, and then I hit it again. I pressed it after the Islanders pulled off the, the comeback from 2-0 down to win game six in overtime. You weren't going to find any better value on the Lightning to win the Cup the last chance was before game six, and then you could hit it again before game seven because of the expected number. And even Andy said he has the number significantly higher um, than most of the places you can get it right now. And um, the one thing I would introduce, I, unlike, I was listening to the Andy segment, and I enjoy Andy segments very much. I think you give the Canadians a chance tonight, and here's why again that hot penalty kill. If if the, if you're going to tell me tonight Montreal Lightning don't score a power play goal. Okay. Then yeah, I'll start to look stronger at Montreal in game 1. And also in the in the last 8 series last 8 Lightning playoff series, they've lost game 1 in half of those playoff series going back to the four game sweep against Columbus. They dropped two game ones last year in route to the Stanley cup final. So I do give Montreal a chance tonight in game one, especially if you're going to tell me the lightning score, no power play goals, and it is a hot penalty kill for the hats.
3: Okay. For those who asked, dot, Wright has spoken. Still uh, still believes what he believes about uh, the outcome of this series between the Lightning and the Canadiens, which, again, begins tonight, Game 1. We only have uh, 90 seconds here, uh, Todd, but I just wanted to get your opinion here two weeks out, and I'm putting you on the spot. But it's the Open Championship, golf's fourth major uh, still uh, to come. Any preliminary thoughts of players at Royal St. George? Should we hold those for a couple weeks?
6: No, I I can give you thoughts on three players right now that I'm already looking ahead to. One would be Louis Oosthuizen, uh, especially in head-to-heads, especially for top fives, top tens, for obvious reasons. Shane Lowry, who was so hot as Brady Cannon, often brings up with you, Gil, the last two months, even though Lowry didn't show as well at the United States Open. Um, And then DeChambeau. Uh, who flashed a little bit. He did play uh, at the Travelers week after playing the United States Open. Uh, there are some who think at uh, Royal St. George's, I believe where we're at for the Open Championship, Bryson can hit it anywhere uh, just with the way that course is laid out and then play it from there with a wedge. So those are the three right now, and we'll revisit, revisit this in a couple of weeks. But if you're asking me right now, my top three for the Open Championship, Louie, Lowry, Bryson.
3: Louis Lowry Bryson. We'll file that away. We'll talk to you again in a couple weeks uh, when we talk about the Open Championship in earnest. Todd, love you. Thank you so much as always.
6: And you notice how much quieter it is out there in the world with the Islanders eliminated. I, I'm, it's, <laughs> it's just it's just much much calmer out there in the universe with the Islanders out of the Stanley Cup playoffs. I, I, I guess that's a coincidence.
3: Says the Cowboys fan of all people. Todd says the Cowboys fan. All right just wanted to point that out. Todd, thank you. Nonetheless, Todd Wright, everybody, uh, on a numbers game at Visa, the Sports Betting Network. Uh, the Todd Wright Toddcast is where you can uh, catch his podcast as well. And uh, during fantasy football season, uh, it should be noted that Todd is always generous enough, again, to answer all fantasy football questions that all numbers game listeners have uh, at toddwrightfantasyfootball@gmail.com. at gmail.com. The only, again, the only thing he asks is that you go to his podcast and uh, get the keyword so that he knows you're listening to his podcast as well. And then he's happy to generously, generously answer. All of your fantasy football questions. By the way, there's also one other rule: you can't just say uh, who should I sit or play, who should I sit or start. Like he, he, it has to be a deeper question than that, so he can uh, riff on it and give you sort of a broader fantasy uh, football analysis on that. Uh, we're going to talk some basketball here with Adam Stako. One of the uh, one of the things that I mentioned at the beginning of the uh, show, as we were talking tennis, and by the way, we'll talk soccer with Paul Carr coming up too, because Euro 2020 resumes at the top of the hour. We'll get his thoughts on what's going uh, down today, what his bets are. Uh, after a sort of choppy weekend, we hit De- he hit Denmark and then not so much after that. But he was on a great run prior to that. Um, is that basketball? We, we went for basketball last week. We wanted to talk about it 24-7. Uh, and then all of a sudden, with the Suns taking the 3-1 to lead in the lowest scoring game in the NBA this year, and then more significantly, the Trey Young injury, Last night, for those who missed it, 145 left in the third quarter. Trey Young awkwardly steps, lands, I should say, on an official's foot. Uh, Trey Young sort of jumped backwards out of play and uh, tweaked his ankle. He said it's sore this morning. We're waiting the award, uh, waiting word, rather, on uh, on his MRI to figure out what the extent of the damage is. But from that injury forward, uh, the Bucs outscored the Hawks the rest of the way 31 to 17. 31 to 17. Uh, the Bucks plus 70 in the paint in this series. Uh, it was 95 88 Atlanta. Chris Middleton did all the damage, really, did the most of the damage last night. It was 95 88 Hawks. And by the time it got to 101 98 Milwaukee, so basically a 13 to 3 run, Middleton had 11 of those points. Uh, added four more in uh, in brisk fashion to give the uh, Bucks a one hundred seven to one hundred lead. Middleton with twenty fourth quarter points last night, twenty fourth quarter points on his way to thirty eight, uh, leading all scores, matching his career playoff high. So uh, the Bucks getting it done, and it really just seems in that series, everybody who thought this was a bad matchup for the Hawks, um, you know. Hawks could could uh, still make some noise if Trey Young's okay. The series could be long from over, but it just seems everything the Bucks do is so super easy, and everything the Hawks do is if we're not hitting, if they're not hitting uh, their threes left and right, uh, everything seems so difficult. Milwaukee adjusted series price minus sixteen hundred now. Again, with the Trey Young news in the balance, with Atlanta plus eight fifty coming back. Atlanta in game four tomorrow night. Right now, six-point dogs, which is sort of a a Trey Young injury news hedge, if you will, uh, and then tonight Phoenix trying to close out the Clippers. Uh, they're five and a half point favorites in Game Five tonight in Phoenix after their win this weekend, where Monty Williams. And let me just say this, by the way, are we efforting Adam Stanko, guys? Uh, Monty Williams in. Uh, Oh, he is on. Oh, I had no idea. Let's bring in Adam Stanko. For goodness sakes, I had no idea. Let's bring him in. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> from uh, from in front of his kid's artwork, it's Adam go. Stanko. Uh, and by go. the way, and, and I just wanted to point out, finishing the thought, Monty Williams at the end of – we'll start there. At the end of game four, what he did fouling up three over and over, can I just say, was a coaching clinic. It was a coaching masterpiece. And I I was sitting in a casino, standing in a casino, watching the closing seconds of that, just applauding what he was doing. I absolutely loved it. It's not the prettiest thing in the world. Fans may not like it, but it sure as heck secured their win for him.
2: Absolutely, Gil, and think about it. It's it's been total execution. We think about the sideline, uh, the baseline um, out of bounds play, or it was in the corner at least. Um, the uh, the lob to, to Aiden with Devin Booker broken nose setting the screen. I mean, the coaching job that that Monty Williams has done has just been magnificent late in games. And and you're absolutely right. I I think what's most important. Coaches need a philosophy; they need to stick to it. And you and I are on the same page. When you're in that situation, you foul and make it much more difficult for the other team to have an opportunity.
3: Uh Phoenix tonight, five and a half point favorites. No Kawhi, as far as we know. Um, you think it's a closeout game? You think it's over tonight?
2: I do. I do. And again, it comes back to this this Chris Paul factor. And I think a Chris Paul led team he understands the urgency. Maybe if the the Hawks were I mean I'm sorry maybe if the Suns were were a little bit still younger and they they didn't have a Chris Paul leading them at the point guard position different story you know you got guys like a very mature Devin Booker but in his mid 20s Deandre Ayton early 20s you got you know, all of these guys who are younger players, Mikhail Bridges, but but Chris Paul brings it all together. He understands the urgency. He's been here too many times, and he is really infusing that, that locker room and gets these guys to play at just a much higher level and, and gets them to understand that these opportunities don't come around very often. And if you give away games in a series like this, you can get yourself in trouble. I think it's over tonight.
3: Would you lay the five and a half? <laughs>
2: Of course, that's the, the bigger question and the, the better question. You know what? I think I would. I think I would. I, I think there, there's something going on, again, with the Clippers this season. We've talked about it. Uh, Paul George has done very well without Kawhi Leonard. It's been interesting to note that. He looks like Paul George of Indy. I always say Paul George plays better when he's the main guy and he's on the underdog team. But that being said, um, I still really like with where this Suns team is at. You're going to get a better performance from Devin Booker. He's going to be much more comfortable. We saw him lose the mask last game. Uh, I think we're getting a terrific performance all around from the Suns playing at home. I really like the Suns in this one, so yeah, let's let's go there and say Suns minus five and a half.
3: Three to one lead for the uh, Suns in the series. They look to close out the Clippers tonight and return to the NBA Finals. That franchise for the first time since 1993, when old Charles Barkley was <laughs> filling up a stat sheet, and I do mean filling up a stat sheet back then. By the way, adjusted series price: Clippers twelve to one. To come back from a three-one deficit, that has only been done four times before in conference finals history in the National Basketball Association, and I'm sure you know, Adam, most notably by the 1979 Washington Bullets against the mm-hmm. San Antonio Spurs. Who could forget? Then game four tomorrow night between the the uh, Bucks and the Hawks, and we're waiting. We're awaiting word on the uh, MRI from Trey Young. Uh, I mean, how much does this suck? Like the year of the injury. And then that happens on top of it, and you're just you're like you got to be kidding me, and and it just renders you know you just hope Trey's going to be okay because I want to see Atlanta have a legit shot at this. Uh, if he's gone, forget about it for sure. Yeah. But you know, do you agree with my assessment that even with him in there, everything looks so easy for the Bucks, and if Atlanta's just not drilling threes, it's just so difficult every. Everything for them, by contrast, is so difficult.
2: Absolutely, and and we think about that in terms of how well the Bucks play defensively is is huge, and what they can throw at you. So, if Lopez is guarding Clint Capella. Um, and then now you've got Giannis, who can sort of play a roaming position. Chris Middleton is one of the better defenders in the league. They just make things so tough on you. And that doesn't even include what what Drew Holiday brings. The other issue that the Hawks have is that Bogdan Bogdanovich has not been the same. I almost thought, and again, this is hindsight. It's, of course, easy for me to say now. I almost thought they should have sat him in game two once they got up 1-0. Figure you're just going to split the series anyway because he has not looked, looked right. And so now all of a sudden you've got him not – you know, what was he, three of 16 last night. So now you've got him who needs to be a weapon, not just shooting the three, which we think about having Herter on the floor, Gallinari on the floor, not just as a three-point shooter, but he's also a guy who can create his own shot. The Hawks don't have many of those beyond Trey Young. It's a lot of Trey creates, Kicks to his teammates and they make plays. John Collins included. So I, I think that that's been been a huge part for the Hawks as well. So I, I'm really thinking this Hawks team is in some deep trouble. And it's so funny how much it's switched since Game One, where Trey looked like he could own the Bucks, and now no matter what he does, it just feels like he doesn't have enough help, and he may not even be on the floor.
3: I'll let you go with this, Adam. Uh, just as we sort of step back. By the way, by the way, Hawks plus eight fifty, as I mentioned earlier on the adjusted series price down two to one. Uh, still not knowing the status of Trey, um, this has been the year of the injury. It just, every elite player imaginable has gone down in some form or fashion for most of these playoff teams. It's just uncanny what's happened. It's incredible what's happened. In the end, um, I, obviously you don't like the injuries, but what it's created is a much more uh, you know level playing field NBA where it's not as top-heavy. Do you like the result? Forget the fact it's hard to sort of, you know, remove the injuries from it because it's part and parcel with it. But but do you like the result of this, that it's random teams now, more random?
2: Well, I, I love the fact that we're now getting to see the Suns, the Hawks, uh... uh-huh on a national stage, and the fact that the Bucks now get a chance. So seeing these teams that that other, you know, seeing Devin Booker on a national stage, and people understand how good he is, or the development DeAndre Ayton's made after everyone's made a big deal of the fact that Ayton doesn't get the same play. You know, Ayton's been knocked because he wasn't Luka or Trey Young, and then, you know, Trey Young getting a chance on the national stage. Seeing all that has been awesome, but, man, what a shame when you think about all of the injuries. You're right. Every star player has gone down at some point.
3: Yeah. The, the yeah. Bucks may win this by attrition or the Suns, right? Uh, Adam, heart out. We got to go. You got to go. Here's the uh, note That's from right. Adam Stenko. He's moving to Nashville. He's going to be the VP, content, and executive producer for 24-7 Sports. Well done, Adam. Congratulations, man.
2: Thanks, brother. Thanks for putting that up. Appreciate you guys.
3: Adam Stanko, everybody, on a numbers game at VESA the Esports Betting Network. Jason Weingarten with his baseball picks to come. And Paul Carr on Euro 2020, right here at VESA the Esports Betting Network.
1: Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice
0: remote. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family
5: Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander.
3: It is A Numbers Game, proudly brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. Right here on a Monday morning, Gil Alexander, uh, Jason Kahn, producer number seven alongside as well. Um, didn't pass along Dan Weston. Our buddy Dan Weston did have an outright play on the lady side at Wimbledon. I should pass that along, uh, even though I didn't. You may be interested to know that Petra Kvitova was his outright at 17-1. to I am reminded of that because Kvitova, on the court now against the American Sloan Stevens, and she breaks Stevens there on the very first game of her match. So Kvitova is uh shot. I'm surprised that, that Dan O had an outright, and he does indeed on Kvitova. So again, the tournament has started, but these will all, odds will be reposted. And by the way, you were saying, uh, Jason, that BetMGM, MGM, they have it up all day even with these matches going on. So some, some shops just leaving it up here during the first round because. Uh, the thinking, I guess, would be from them is that a lot won't change. But I would actually say there'll probably be a lot of upsets on the men's side, um, but perhaps not on the women's here in the first round. So, uh, or, or maybe just someone's asleep at the wheel. You never know. Uh, but Patrick Kvitova is, is Dan Weston's play. Uh, the other thing we, we should probably mention from this weekend, because we touched on it with the Trey Young thing, but re- really didn't voice it, is that there were a couple things that went on this weekend, sports betting. It sort of goes back to the conversation we had last week about how sometimes the most profitable and the best sports bets are the ones that you do in Malcolm Gladwell blink fashion, where it's just like the Canadians shouldn't be this big of a dog. I know this, but I can't articulate why it is to you. Oh, it's probably because I am a Capitals fan and I've seen the Capitals be the best team in hockey uh, or, or near the best so many years and then get bounced in the playoffs. Uh, and then Vegas being overvalued here in the market uh, created this opportunity on the Canadians, Much like Mattress Mac created an opportunity on the Astros against the Washington Nationals in the World Series a few years back. So there are moments like that. But this weekend, there was a couple things where in-game, again, why in-game betting can sometimes be the greatest thing in all of sports betting is that you can be quicker to the trigger than any algorithm or anybody controlling uh, in-game betting, offshore or wherever, and, and the Trey Young thing is a great example. Jason, you were telling me off-air that as soon as the Jason, as soon as the Trey Young injury happened, you immediately pounded the under. I have some buddies who immediately pounded the Milwaukee Bucks. This was one of these moments where I was not um, I was not in a situation where I could get to it. You know, I was busy living a life, so I, I actually wasn't there at the moment. You're not going to always have the opportunity to do it. You're not going to always be there at that moment. But those are some of the best opportunities in betting. The other one from this weekend um, was one of Paul Carr's misses. He hits on Denmark. And then it was the Netherlands uh, match yesterday. The Netherlands match where they got rolled by Czech Republic 2-0 in the end. But there was a red card in the 55th minute. And they were forced to play with 10 players the rest of the way you could just hit Czech Republic. Czech Republic was already playing well in that game, even when it was even strength on both sides. And then when that happened, you could totally sh- shift your bets over to the Czech Republic side uh, before any adjustments were made. So those are, those are oftentimes the best bets in sports betting. We can sit here and prattle on, you know, again, I gave my baseball pick earlier. I can give you, Oh, here's five reasons why I'm betting this baseball game. Yeah. We may grind out a profit over, over six months or not. And uh, every game is its own individual thing. But again, sports betting, so many different ways to, uh, to win. And the live betting opportunities where things happen in game uh, were plentiful this weekend. Just two examples of that. Now, by the way, obviously the downside of that is if you were pre-flop on the Netherlands or if you were pre-flop on Atlanta, you know, it's up to you and upon you to sort of adjust and and. and acknowledge that your pre-flop bets are probably dead on arrival, drawing dead at that point, that you need to sort of admit that. And that's a difficult thing to do and sort of play the other side just to get out of it. Um, by the way, Tiafo, just getting back to the uh, one tennis match that we already hit this morning, the only one that we've played so far, Rinderknech. the only other play I have today, which it hasn't started yet on the men's side, uh, Rinderknech in his uh, match against Oscar Ote of uh, Germany, where Rinderknech is about a minus 170 favorite, but Tiafo, right now, uh, up two sets on Stefanos Tsitsipas and up a break in the third set. And so now I'm regretful. This is also the psychology of sports betting, how it reflects, it reflects the human condition. As much as I love the bet that I made, I actually looked at Tiafo at plus 450 or whatever it was before the match and considered it and then didn't have the onions to do it. And now I'm bitter about that. So I'm more upset about the bet I didn't make than the one that has already won in pocket. Ladies and gentlemen, gambling is ridiculous. That our, our brains can go there and you could be regretful about something like that. By the way, it's not over yet, obviously. But Tiafoe in good position. Again, it has everything to do with people who, who might be surprised by this and why would you even consider a play on it? The emotional loss at Roland Garros. More importantly, the fact that Tsitsipas hasn't played on grass in over a year. And tennis is a completely different thing on different surfaces, particularly when you go from the slowest surface to the fastest. You just have no idea where you're getting from a guy like Titsapas. We'll see if he can bounce back. Still a chance to do so. We'll come back. Jason Weingarten, his baseball plays of the day next on a numbers game at Visa in the Sports Betting Network.
5: Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander.
3: This summer, it's time to update your sports betting wardrobe with some new v gear. We've got hats, shirts, and mugs with the Vison logo or fun sports betting sayings like cash and tickets is what it's all about, and it's not under till it's over. Visit the v store today at vcin.com slash store and find the perfect item for yourself or as a gift. That's vcin.com slash store. It's Gil Alexander. Uh, we get tweets at beating the book. Nothing but love for Pamela Maldonado this morning. On the, uh, on the Twitter machine, everybody uh, shouting her out for her appearance about Wimbledon this morning. This one's from Jim Dittler. Uh, hey, Gil, I bet $650 on the Lightning to win the Stanley Cup at plus 130 before Game 7. What would be the proper way to bet Montreal for the series if I want to lock in a profit? Thanks and love the show. Well, that's an easy one. Uh, you could just bet Montreal at plus money, as I said, to win the series, as I told him on Twitter. Uh, guarantees profit. He could do it for the same amount. He could adjust to his liking. Uh, completely up to him in that case. It's the people who have, you know, uh, it the other way around that have Montreal tickets like yourself, Jason Kahn, who was a 50-1. to 1. That's the real question. How do you play it on the other side with Tampa Bay? And you were going to take some of Andy McNeil's suggestions, you think? Yeah, I think I'm probably going to take them all. I'm going to play the 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 – the, the but, money line and then the minus one and a half games, maybe the minus two and a half. Games. Well, the money line just kills some of your equity, though, in terms of yeah. the series. Yeah, I'm, I've got to think about it. The, the other option is maybe to take the minus one and a half games and then see if we get to a game seven and then well, that again. But minus one, yeah, I was going to say minus one and a half, you could lose everything in that if they win it four to three. It's just, it's tough if you have a Montreal ticket. Yeah. I mean, your best scenario is if Montreal won game one tonight that you'd be a huge Montreal fan tonight, and then you really would have a much nicer opportunity. So it's tough if you have Montreal. Like, like we've said before, hedging is not always created the same. Some are much more comfortable than others. That would be an uncomfortable hedge. Uh, let's bring in Jason Weingarten, talk a little baseball from under a cloud of smoke at Southern California. Good morning to you, Jason. Good morning, Gil. How's it going? It's going very well. Hector Santiago, the first uh, pitcher in baseball to uh, be publicly humiliated. Uh, f- f- found that he has some sticky substance. Uh, is this just going to continue all season? Like Rob Manfred thinks this is good. Come on.
7: I I have no idea what MLB is trying to accomplish. And like Hector Santiago is a uh, you know he, he pitches in winter leagues. He's a AAA guy at this point in his career. It just seems weird to me. Like why even go after him? You know, the baseball baseball has no clue
3: what they're doing from from the outside. It, it really, it's just terrible to watch. Um, I have one baseball play today. No surprise, Jason. I'm on the Giants. You like or you don't like?
6: Uh
7: I like for for action. You know, if, uh, if I just wanted to bet something, I also only have one play today, but it's not the Giants. It's the Tigers. I bet them plus 138 this morning. Oh. Um, but I don't I don't mind mindset, what I'm what I'm interested in the most actually for the the Giants.
3: Jason, we're losing you. You're, you're submerged underwater. Let's go back to how it was. Before. Oh, I'm sorry. There can, you go. Can, can you can can now, you hear me? Sorry. Now we can hear you. Yeah.
7: Um, Giants series price. I'm looking for. I haven't seen series prices come out today. But you get the first three games. It's a four game series, and the fourth game, Dodgers are pitching Walker Bueller, so you avoid. That fourth game. Um, so I'm interested in the series price if I if I do that pop up this morning.
3: How have you have you been doing first innings this year? Have you have you laid off them, or are you still doing them every year, every every day rather? Um, uh oh, back back to back to overwater, Jason. Hey like today is kind of tough. Hey, J- hey Jason. Jason. Yeah. yeah. Can you hear me? Now can we can. Me? Now we can hear you, but we, we're submerged a bit there.
7: That way.
3: Sorry, um, All right, we're having trouble with Jason.
7: Please.
3: I think we're please let's please. uh let's read well, Jason. We're gonna get on the phone with you. Jason's gonna Jason Khan is gonna get on the phone with you, and you'll uh and we'll try to uh, get your audio back. But uh, just to reiterate what Jason said there, he is on the Detroit Tigers today. Plus, he got a uh, well, you can get it about plus one forty two ish right now on the Tigers. Uh It's Manning going up against the uh, tribe and. Morgan, so a battle of varieties there. So he is on the Tigers at the dog price. Once again, I am on the Giants uh, at plus one fifty seven. Discalafani against Bauer. Jason say he's uh, Jason saying he's going to look for a Giants series price if he can find that today. Do we have Jason back? No, not quite yet. Um, so those are the, each one of us with just one pick on a slate of eleven games today in Major League Baseball. So uh, everything being very deliberate. Uh, In terms of uh, the baseball plays today, again, on the season, I am 19-14 and for just over five units, plus 5.06 units. Um, Having trouble getting uh, Jason back, so that's the story with baseball today. Um, And again, back to to the NBA uh, playoffs, Adam Stanko laying the points with Phoenix tonight. I'm not sure I'm doing that. To me, it would be Clippers plus the points or not. Jason Weingarten back with us. Jason, again, first innings, you doing that day to day this year? Yeah,
7: still doing them. They're, uh, they're doing all right. Uh, day like today is kind of hard because if you look at the total, there's one game with a low total, everything's kind of creeping up. There's a lot of, a lot of
3: 10s, 11s today. Yeah. A lot of 10s and 11s, but have you had success with it this year? Cause I haven't heard you talk much about it.
7: Yeah, it's been fine. Um, you know, you still pick off good, good numbers. Uh, had the first inning in Degrom's game earlier this week was like plus one forty five. Had some some success betting the Dodgers' first innings this week. Um, just just a price thing, you know. Get good prices.
3: All right. Last thing, because we're props. Last thing, we're having a little trouble with your your audio today. But any additional awards bets that you've made today, uh, made in the last week or over the weekend.
7: I have not made any new awards bets, but after Garrett Cole's bad start yesterday, I'm contemplating jumping into the AL Cy Young market. I just haven't decided who and at what price, but that's one of my goals this week is to find a bet in that market.
3: Had you had you had Garrett Cole tickets to this point?
7: No, I have, I have no tickets in the AL Cy Young. I that's just right. kind of thought Cole was the favorite, and I, I didn't really have a strong opinion on anybody else, so you know now there's been injury to Glass now, and there's really like like what maybe a pool like five or six guys who are really elite in the AL. So, have to just look into it and see see what numbers pop up.
3: Yeah, Cole minus 175 right now, courtesy of BetMGM. Rodon at three to one. Lance Lynn plus 650, and then every, uh, Shane Bieber 15 to one. Then everybody else 40 to one or longer. With
7: just yeah, I don't like anybody under under those ten to one. I don't I don't like any of those numbers. I, I would look way deeper.
3: Yeah, it's just a scrum after that. It's almost like they're just throwing up players and putting up numbers because nobody really uh, has any any real opinion on on who might uh, be the one to fill that vacuum if goal if Cole continues to uh, sort of have a downward trend with the uh, spin rate decline. Jason, thank you. We'll talk to you uh, later this week, sir. Thanks for having me. Sorry about the audio. Oh, I'll no be problem. Back Wednesday, it happens. Jason Weingarten, and everybody—not uh, only a pro baseball better, but also point spread and weekly writer—he'll have some uh, football futures coming up as the summer goes on as well. We'll come back Euro Cup 2020 with Paul Carr. We got a game starting in a little less than 20 minutes. He's got thoughts, and on the one subsequent to that as well today, as the round of 16 continues, it's a numbers game at Visa, and the sports betting network.
4: work.
2: Welcome back to A Numbers Game with Gil Alexander.
3: Bet fearlessly on your favorite sports with a risk-free first wager up to $600 at BetMGM. Just sign up using bonus code VSIN600 and get in the game with the king of sportsbooks. Download the app or go to BetMGM.com and use promo code VSIN600 to make your first bet risk-free up to $600. New customer offer. Paid and free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C. or West Virginia only excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, Virginia, and D.C. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. In Tennessee, call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. In Indiana, call 1-800-9 with it. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Skill Alexander. A couple things happened uh, during the break. One, uh, Jason Kahn, producer number seven, who's always looking for breaking news and specifically this morning trying to find out what the result of MRI, the MRI status of uh, Trey Young is, says to me, uh, there's nothing about that. But Demarius Thomas retired, to which uh, we all here in studio uh, sort of went down the rabbit hole of, was that Demarius Thomas or Tim Tebow who really made that play for the Broncos? Uh, But Demarius Thomas, ladies and gentlemen, uh, has retired from the NFL. So uh, RIP to him in terms of his football career. Uh, and then uh, the other thing, uh, John Goulet, our program director, was uh, was talking about uh, how he learned a very very difficult lesson in betting this weekend. And I bring in Paul Carr from the Expected Value Podcast. Paul, you may know where I'm going with this. He had Italy. He had Italy. Mm. Um, you yep. know, you know, you know exactly where I'm going. Versus Austria, and uh, you know, Italy goes to uh, extra time. It was it was a scoreless tie. And uh, they end up winning it two well two one because I forgot Austria scored late. They end up winning it two yep. one, and so he's thinking to himself, "I'm a winner." Uh, but uh, oh, uh, the 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 soccer betters, all soccer betters, learn this the hard way, including myself, probably you back in the day as well. Yep, nope. absolutely. Nope it's it's ninety yep. minutes. It's ninety minutes and added time, the extra time. Right. Does not count at that point. So uh, his uh, words to me was, "I'm never betting soccer again." <laughs> That's what he came up with.
5: Just don't bet knockout soccer. Yeah. You can bet yeah. the, the regular league games or the group stage or something. Just the not You know, I, I've done the same thing. You, you think We've you got a winner? Yeah, I've done the other way too, where I, I thought I lost, uh, and then realized, oh wait, oh. it was scoreless after 90 minutes, and you look at your account, and you know, you get the green check mark or whatever it is. Like, ah, all right. So yeah, it's, it's something we'll have to learn. It and it's. It's kind of counterintuitive just to general fandom, you know, because you want to bet, whatever, Italy to win or something. And they do win, but you just got to pay attention to the details of all that.
3: Yeah, it's, it's you know, American sports fan sensibilities. We don't know about this mm-hmm. kind of stuff, right? There's no equivalent in American sports. All right, so uh, our weekend here, uh, Denmark got it done. And then after that, not so much.
5: Yeah, not so much. Yeah, it didn't work out so well. Um, You know, the netherlands Czech republic game, like you talked about, that was pretty tight. You know, the Dutch were in fine shape obviously until a red card uh was scoreless but would have been easy enough for the Dutch to pick off a win Belgium came out a lot cagier uh tighter than I expected against Portugal so that I think maybe speaks to the general knockout roundness of it all where teams tend to tighten up a little bit and what was the other game that look at my I've already forgotten already. uh
3: the one so, yesterday it was no, the, Italy Austria Italy
5: Austria, Austria yeah. Yeah. I, had, I, had, I had the same thing I had, I had Italy winning that one
3: yeah uh
5: and, you know, it just didn't work out. It, it eventually did to the point of just from a handicapping standpoint, the quality for Italy played out eventually, but Austria, give them credit. They were better than they had been in the group stage and they were able to get an extra time.
3: Boy, am I regretting not betting a uh, Tiafoe to win this match outright. I can't, even, <laughs> I can't even tell you. It's like, Oh, you already won your bet. Yes, but it would have been even better. Had I, um, okay. So today, first of all, one, one last thing about that. Cause I don't want to gloss over it because Belgium, Portugal, Was really the marquee matchup of the weekend. And Belgium was just way better, weren't they, in the end? Like it was pretty stark to me.
5: It, It was weird. Like they were, they felt they were in control of the game for the most part, but I think they only took six shots. You know, they just didn't generate the kind of attack that we're used to seeing from Belgium. And then at the end, you know, Portugal kind of pours it on trying to get the equalizer, but yeah, it was was a strange game because Belgium looked better. Didn't have kind of the numbers to back that up. Their one goal was, you know, a great long range shot, but it wasn't like a, a beautiful type of goal that, you know, a high percentage chance or something like that. So it was, it was a strange game. And I'm very interested in this Belgium-Italy quarterfinal, which will be coming up later this week because, I mean, Italy's a pretty decent favorite now. Uh, Belgium, I think, again, you'd say they have more firepower. Italy's been better on the whole. Uh, It should be a really fascinating matchup, and i got to figure out what to do with my Belgium future before we get into that That's what I was
3: just going to ask you. I was like, on the one hand, you probably feel pretty good about your pre-tournament Belgium ticket. On the other hand, as you said, Portugal followed by Italy, it's kind of a gauntlet.
5: Yeah. And then France slash yeah. Spain, probably in the semifinal. Uh, and that's all just to get to the final against, you know, England, Germany, Denmark, who knows really at this point, but, but yeah, I, I don't feel great about it, but uh, it's still alive. So can't ask for more than that, I suppose.
3: Yeah. As opposed to the Denmark side where, where Denmark could find themselves in a, in mm-hmm. a, in a semifinal here, if, uh, if they get yeah. by Czech Republic, though Czech Republic look great too. So uh, we shall see. Right,
5: I, I mean, I don't know how you can bet against Denmark. Just the Denmarkness of everything that's going on uh, with, with the, <laughs> the with after Erickson's issue and the way the fans are behind him and just everyone's rooting for them. You know, the kind of Cinderella might be overstating it, but it is a mid-major type of college basketball team equivalent trying
3: to make a run through the final. Um, the deadmarkness of it all. Well said. Well said, indeed. Uh, I was mention I was talking about in-game betting and the advantages of it this weekend. Did you say what you wanted to say on that, or was there something else you wanted to say?
5: Uh, a, a little bit, kind of implied. But like, if you watched that Belgium game, the, the beginning of it, and I didn't have the opportunity, just given where I was, to make an in-game play, but you could just see that they had kind of dialed it back. Belgium had from a, an attacking standpoint, and that's where you know I liked the over before the game because I thought uh, both teams would not necessarily go for it, but just kind of play their typical style. And then even once Belgium got that first uh, goal very late in the first half, I thought that was going to be great for the over because it would force Portugal to open up and it did, but Belgium never looked like they wanted to really get going and get going offensively and try to open things up themselves. So if you watch that, you could see all that in Belgium and Mm -hmm. it probably would, it's easy to say it's in hindsight, but I think even at the time, it opens the door to uh, play some sort of under, whether it's a Belgium under, whether it's a total, uh, something like that. Once you see that this is not a super attacking Belgium team like it potentially could be,
3: it just it just drives home the point, and it's it's obvious on the one hand, but it needs to be stated over and over, which is because I just mentioned I, I wasn't I wasn't in front of the game when Trey Young got hurt yesterday. And you right. know, sometimes life gets in the way you have other responsibilities. And so I couldn't make a play where others were exploiting that. And it just, it just shows you, it's like betting is a, betting is a full-time gig, man. You can't like, you can't bet stuff pre-flop and then just walk away. Like, those, yep. them days are over, like, because you have an opportunity with the advent of in-game. And, again, I spoke to Andrew Garud about this, uh, the developer, the lead developer of the Midas algorithm at uh, at Canner Gaming. This was in, like, 2010. He was the British derivatives trader who was, like, behind it. And at that point, you know, in-game was already 50% of, of British, of UK handle in betting. And it was like, oh, trust me, it'll, it'll be that way here. Now, it's taken a while <laughs> to take hold in the U.S. Believe me, like, yeah. we were slow adapters. But Uh like now, it should be apparent to everyone that this is how you must bet. You have to be present because so much uh, obviously is dynamic, and you gotta you gotta know when to hold them and know when to fold them. I believe someone once said. So it allows you to get.
5: And I think, and here's today's a good example. So one of my plays, France Switzerland. I'm playing the under two and a half at minus one forty because France has not gotten out of second gear They look extremely happy to win a game one nil. The Swiss are probably going to defend and keep it close. There's always a chance that good France finally shows up and they just unleash Mbappe and Benzema and Griezmann and decide we're going to win this game five to three, because you know they did that a little bit at the world cup eventually in the knockout round. Uh, but again, it took them a while to get going then in 2018. So I still like the under now, but if this, you know, you've watched 15 minutes and maybe there's a goal or France is just creating these opportunities and the Swiss defense is a mess. Like, there's a chance, you know, I, I may look to end game that and play some sort of over or uh, France win or something like that. But before, again, pre flop, I still like the under. It's kind of a prove me wrong sort of thing. France hasn't gotten into high gear yet until they do. I still like them uh, to, and the under because they're a defense first team, even though they've gotten a lot of potent attacking pieces.
3: So pre-flop under two and a half on France, Switzerland, the second of two today. And that's right. When we have the Vison plus, plus, plus service, we can have Paul Carlin <laughs> abort abort. They're scoring goals. Right. Go the other
5: way. Right, abandoned ship. Yeah. Let's go. Uh,
3: what about the first game today between Croatia and Spain, which uh, starts in uh, just over five minutes?
5: Yeah, I like Spain a lot here. Uh, it's minus minus one sixty for a Spain win, which I'm willing to play. They look good in the group stage. We talked about it before, after the first couple of draws uh, against Poland and Sweden you know, some people are like, what's wrong with Spain? But their underlying numbers were fine. They're creating a ton more chances. Uh, Slovakia, they ended up beating 5-0, which is flattering for Spain, but it kind of speaks to everything evening out a little bit. And Croatia kind of muddled through the group stage. They did what they had to do in the finale. Uh, a big thing here for Croatia is they won't have Ivan Perisic, one of their wingers for this game. And he's one of the guys they have. He's a veteran. You can have that moment of magic that we've seen a lot out of him and conjure a goal kind of out of nowhere. Uh, but he's out for COVID-related reasons. So he's not not there that deprives Croatia of a key attacking piece just another reason to me uh, to love Spain in this matchup minus 160 for the win and
3: again 90 minutes 90 minutes always keep that in mind by the way we haven't talked about it at all because we've been so uh, focused on Euro 2020 have you been betting Copa America at all I haven't it's not it's a Copa America is an interesting tournament because it's
5: basically the South America equivalent of Euros uh, and it just doesn't get quite as much attention. Part of it is it's not on ESPN. Part of it is because uh, not as many players are generally familiar with, I'll just say, an American audience because, well, a good number of them play in Europe. And you're messy than the Neymars and Suarez and such. Not as many do. Uh, so it's not quite as popular in the U.S., at least among the English language people. So, so I guess that's a long way of saying I haven't been betting it much. Uh, just something I haven't had as much opportunity to pay attention to so far.
3: Okay. Um, so, again, recapping, uh, just four minutes from now. So, get this in quick if you're so inclined to ride uh, Paul Carr's play. He's on Spain versus Croatia, minus 160. Always shop around for the best price. Uh, how high would you play that? Up to what price? <sighs> That's probably like minus
5: 180 or so would be about it
3: for me. Okay. And then France, Switzerland under two and a half in the second game, which starts at 12 noon Pacific 3 PM Eastern. And then uh, tomorrow we'll have you back uh, because there's a couple more of these, the last two in the round yeah. of 16, England, Germany. Oh man. Uh, that's yeah. from, that's from London too. Uh, a bit of a home game, not a bit of a, but a complete home game for England. Yep. And then in Sweden, Ukraine from Glasgow, Scotland. We'll talk to you about that tomorrow. Paul, thank you as always, sir.
5: You bet. Have a good one.
3: Paul Carr from the Expected Value Podcast at Paul Carr, C-A-R-R, on Twitter. Good luck with all from all of us at Visa and the Sports Betting Network. The Lombardi line is next.
4: work.